Welcome to SAS Talk with Kim, your sustainability action series podcast highlighting how local governments are leading the way toward a more sustainable future. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren. I've spent the last 16 years working for and with local governments to help them create resilient, inclusive, thriving communities. I started this podcast series to connect you with the key people on the ground putting sustainability into action in their communities. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to SAS Talk with Kim. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren, and I'm really excited today to have two of our clients on to talk about a joint climate action plan. We are very excited to be joined today by Troy Moon, who's the sustainability coordinator for the city of Portland, Maine, and Julie Rosenbach, who's the sustainability director for the city of South Portland, Maine. Welcome to the show, guys. Glad to be here. So, you know, one of the things we're excited about is, you know, that your two cities have really come together in a unique way to develop one climate action plan together, of course, acknowledging that um, everything we're trying to address around climate change and sustainability doesn't really know our uh, political boundaries and everything is really working on a regional scale. Um, so it's, it's really exciting um, to talk about how this looks. And we're early in the process, just so the listeners know. We're, um, I guess you'd say you're about a third of the way through, maybe. Yep. Uh, so work has started uh, back in January of 2019, early on, and now things are moving along through the summer. The plan won't be done till June 2020. And so we're really excited to see how the plan unfolds over the next year, but wanted to have a call now because you are approaching this in such a unique way. And just the whole central theme around one climate future, just acknowledging that, you know, you can't separate what happens across your bridge uh, and that we're all in this together, I think is a really great model and that a lot of our listeners would be interested in hearing how you did it. Um, So for today, Let's start with that, kind of talking about the roots of this unique partnership and how your city's conceived of uh, bringing one climate future to fruition. Julie, you want to talk about how the partnership got started? Sure. Um, Well, uh, Troy and I have done a lot of work together uh, before this, and uh, we are one of very, uh, two of very few sustainability professionals in municipal in in cities in Maine there's only there's only four now there was three when we started and um, so we met uh, I still remember my first meeting with Troy and just learning everything he was doing and getting into this new job and from there I think we um, we realized that we would work really well together and naturally that our city councils were aligned in both wanting to be more sustainable so you know we did um, We've borrowed a lot from each other. Uh, Portland passed the um, a, a fee on single-use bags and a polystyrene ban, and, and we borrowed their ordinances and, and used them. Um, and uh, they've looked to our ordinance on um, pesticides reductions, and we both uh, realized that we wanted to do um, solar energy projects. And um, when our proposals came back and we rejected the proposals, they just didn't work out for the city. I met with Troy to find out where he was at. And um, he said, well, ours ours, um, sort of works, but we think we can do better. And uh, we realized that if we partnered, we could get a a better rate for our solar projects. And so we had really successful partnership there. And 
we've just done a lot of projects together and the next natural step was um, doing this this climate action plan I think um, our municipal climate action plan ended and we met our goals and, and the next logical step was to do a citywide climate action plan and so again um, you know we meet to update each other and talk about what we're doing every so often and we said boy both of our councils wanted to do climate action plans maybe we should collaborate um, and so that was the beginning and we just kept taking every step to to move it forward together yeah i would just add i mean over during you know previous years the cities have some you know level of cooperation on regional organizations there's the portland area um, comprehensive transportation group uh, that you know figures out regional transportation issues and we're both involved in a regional waste authority um, but this is really the first time that we decided to like really get together and develop a you know a joint plan we spent julie and i spent a lot of time discussing whether or not we should work together and, and have you know each city have their own plan that each council would ratify the south portland version or the portland version but we ultimately decided that the whole spirit of this was collaboration and working together and that we really should have one plan that both city council would adopt jointly as you know it sets a precedent for regional collaboration um, but also kind of recognizes that uh, you know climate you know isn't going to impact everybody it doesn't matter which side of the bridge they live on um, we're all going to be impacted and we have to work together uh, to, to address it so I think it was it definitely breaking the mold a bit because I have to say I was really uncomfortable when people first said well we'll just do one plan for both cities and <laughs> I was, remember that, that. definitely out of my comfort zone and I came <laughs> around to it and now I'm really excited about it that's awesome. I think it's really good. I appreciate you pointing that out, Julie, that sometimes, you know, it does take a little bit of pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zones and, and maybe bringing our governments along with us to a place that we know ends up in something that's maybe better in the long run. Um, so it's, it's good to hear that, you know, that might be something that other people have issues with. I think, you know, if, if some of our listeners uh, from representing other communities around the country might feel like, okay, well, maybe that's a main thing or great that you guys could, could make it happen, but that's not really possible for us. Is there some tips that you can offer or just giving us a sense of any of the hurdles that you had or how you've tried to streamline this partnership um, so that others might be able to replicate it? Troy, you have thoughts on that? Um, you know, I think kind of a as Julia was talking about, it's something you know that our councils both are similarly minded. We both have you know set you know, ambitious greenhouse gas reduction um, targets, and we're committed to you know running on clean energy. Um, so where we are, you know, we shared those goals, and you know we Julie and I talked a lot and shared a lot of information. It just made a ton of sense to collaborate um, and and share basically pool our resources. Um, I think creating you know, doing a joint climate action plan is not twice as hard. So, I mean, I think we're able, by do, working together, we're able to, um, you know, build capacity, add capacity uh, to ourselves, to our programs, and, and end up hopefully with a better product than if we both worked on our own. Because um, our staffs are small, I, you know, I, we have each have a half-time assistant working with us. And so by pooling ourselves together, we, you know, just really leverage leverage the staff capacity capacity we have and are able to accomplish more work absolutely 
also, uh, I, I think we have a really good working relationship, and so um, that that helps the process. And what, you know, was there any type of like formal agreements that were signed? How are you balancing out, you know, the, the legal side of this, right? Because you did enter into a contract with a consulting team. How are we balancing out some of that um, accountability? Yeah, and so it's actually probably less formal than one would expect. And I think it's probably less formal than a lot of um municipal partnerships or corporate partnerships we you know we have an agreement that we'll split the costs um so but it's really like a one pager it's like we will get the bills and we'll split you know we we'll just cut them half and each each city will pay half of it and that's really the extent of it and really a lot of it is kind of a handshake agreement and and you know julie and i are working closely together you know with a joint uh, commitment to having a great outcome um so you know the MOU is is pretty basic. Yeah, we did. Um, well, you know, we've we've just sort of uh, taken put one foot in front of the other um, as it made sense. So we both worked on the request for proposals for consultants, um, and we did quite a bit of work on that. And Portland mm -hmm. has a larger um, uh, uh, procurement office, so we. Um, submitted out of Portland's office, um, but we've both worked on all of the documents at each um, step of the way. So they've really been, even though it's one, you know, request for proposals coming out of Portland, it's it's it represents both cities. Um, yeah. We both met with our city managers, and you know, I think Troy developed a one-page uh, summary to get them on board, and then you know, so we've really shared the work a lot, and both have had our hand in it. Yeah, no, I think it's, we have a commitment to uh, like moving forward on a consensus basis. So, you know, as we work on materials or approaches, um, our teams get together and we work them out together. And, you know, we want everyone who's involved in the project to be comfortable with how we're moving forward. And, and you know, we want everybody on the team to uh, feel comfortable, you know, offering input or criticism of an approach and um, just being trying to be open. As we, as, as, you know, just being open to everyone's perspective and 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 you know, working together. Well, and I will say that I did get um, the a very blunt question from one of my city councilors when I was proposing uh, this joint effort that said, "Well, you know, Portland has sixty thousand people. We have twenty five thousand people. Why are we paying the same amount?" Um, and the answer was, um, "It's not a." per capita effort, uh, we would be doing uh, the same, you need to do the same work for both cities and we're really, you know, leveraging this partnership to get more than either city could do on its own. Mm -hmm. And I think that worked out um, extremely well in the, in the proposals we got back. And so our first big decision was we got eight proposals from nationally recognized, internationally recognized teams of, of consultants and, and how would we pick from there? Yeah, and I do remember in the interview process, you know, you did have, it wasn't just the two of you and your team, you actually were able to bring in representatives from other departments, from your respective cities, which I think really speaks to this isn't just about the cities collaborating at the sustainability level, but you're trying to integrate it throughout. Um, do you want to talk about how either through the RFP selection process or just in general, how the engagement with the different departments within each of your cities has been going? 
Yeah. So when we, as Julia mentioned, when we did our, when we did the, we we worked on the RFP together, but we put together our selection committees, and you know we had um, our planning director on the team, and Julia invited you know the director of um, economic development. So we wanted to make sure that those were elements that we had in the room as we talked about the uh, planning process. Um, and moving, you know, as, as the plans, as we're working on developing the plan now, we've been reaching out to uh, other departments. Um, you know, in our case, our planning departments remained heavily involved. Um, they bring a lot to the table. We just finished our comprehensive plan, so it's really fresh. And uh, we want to make sure that we're complementing that, not working at, you know, cross purposes. But other departments that maybe wouldn't have thought they would have a role to play have been really engaged. Um, like, for instance, our our housing director, uh, we had had a, one of our, as part of the One Climate Future, we had a resiliency workshop, and I asked her to come to the meeting, and she wasn't quite sure. She agreed to come, but she wasn't quite sure what she was going to get out of it. But afterwards, she completely understood why she, you know, why housing department, you know, plays a role in the climate action plan and is, you know, is pretty engaged. And the same with the public health department. They're, they're just super excited that we are reaching out to them and getting their input on, you know, dealing, because we know that there'll be, you know, more heat days and stresses um, for people in the community in the in the health area. And so they're just really happy that we're thinking, you know, forward thinking and, and incorporating them into how we're going to prepare for that. I, I'd say for our part, um, um, you know, I mentioned before that um, we have a much smaller city staff. And so I, I haven't necessarily had um, a lot of people uh, participating in building the One Climate Future, but rather fitting uh, different programs or different ideas that they have into the framework that we are building. Um, and we have our planning director and our economic development director on the planning process committee. And so uh, they're uh, very much involved. And, um, you know, our other some of our other departments um, are understanding what the framework is and, um, and, and how they're part of it. So, you know, similarly to Troy, I went into our general assistance director who's just over burdened and slammed and I said I'd really like you to come to this resiliency workshop and and talk about how you know how climate change is going to affect the the, the populations of people and the services that you provide and um, and she rearranged her schedule and she came and she was really excited to be wrapped into this effort and I think a big piece of that which really stood out um, as we were talking to the different consultants was um, um, KLA coming to the table and saying we're we're not just going to talk to different groups and and wrap them into our process. We're going to figure out what the value proposition is for each of these um, different departments and how climate change is going to affect them and how they need to be on board with uh, figuring out solutions for moving forward. And through that language, um, we're gonna we're gonna work across you know not only departments but community groups as well. I'd say one of the things that we are really excited about um, is, you know, the proposal is getting outside of the traditional public meeting approach to outreach. Um, we all know that if, you know, we wanted to have a planning process, we could have a couple of meetings and would have the usual suspects who are really concerned about, you know, climate change. But, you know, people who are just going about their daily lives, who have a lot on their plate or, you know, they have jobs that they need to get to and kids who need to get act to activities or you know some members of the community are concerned about where they're going to get their next meal and so thinking about the future of climate change isn't something that, that pops to the top of their priority list every day and 
you know, if we could advertise a public meeting and that's not something they would probably come to or maybe even have time to. So the commitment to go, making a commitment to go into the community and, and talk to people where they are is super important to us. Yeah, that was something, you know, that I know you all found was really important and necessary was kind of that equitable engagement approach and making sure that all the voices from both of your communities have a place in this plan and are seeing themselves in this plan as as you were talking Troy earlier about some of your department head colleagues trying to see their place in this plan wanting to do the same with the whole community um Julie do you want to talk a bit more about some of the equitable engagement work that's going on sure um it's it's really exciting and i think that this is the this is the piece that a lot of people are grabbing onto and they say yep climate change i get it but oh wow you're wrapping in an equity piece Oh, that's forward thinking. That's fantastic. As if climate change solutions on their own are, are you know, sort of like old news. Um, so, uh, like Troy said, uh, you know, we've worked with uh, KLA to um, identify target populations of people who are just underrepresented in our communities, um, seniors, um, youth, um, um, new immigrant communities, low-income communities, island communities, and, and figuring out the strategies to meet those communities where they're at, to go to them rather than asking them to come to us. Um, and this has been a really successful and energizing piece of developing our climate action plan. You know, uh, we have the street team, um, which is five or so young people, um, and, and this is another uh, reason why we loved uh, this proposal that you guys put forward was, hey, let's not just do all the work ourselves, let's hire um, young people that can speak to other young people. And so we've had an opportunity to really um, think about ways to go and talk to people that wouldn't otherwise be part of this conversation and say that we need to, this is, you know, we've talked a lot about how this is really very much like a comprehensive plan. And if it's gonna be like that, we need to involve the whole community because the impacts are gonna affect all our entire community and really these target communities in some cases more so um, than, than the other people that normally come to our forums. So um, 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 the street team going to events, going out to talk to people, um, we uh, had the opportunity to wrap in a really cool internship program that the University of Maine is doing um, for a small group of um, high school students who are at-risk students to do a six-week internship that gives them agency, that wraps them into their community and gives them a voice. And so we said, hey, we have the project for you. Um, and now we have um, for youth that are working on how to reach out to and uh, the youth in our community and give them agency around climate change. And another thing that we thought was we knew was really important too, because we have um, so many um, new Americans and new immigrants who live in Portland and South Portland that it was important to have our materials in multiple languages. So all of our materials in Spanish and French and Portuguese and um, in our office in Portland, we have an intern this summer who was originally from the South Sudan and is fluent in Arabic. And so we're able to, and we have many Arabic speakers in, in the Portland area now. So we're able to translate um, <clears throat> through his work, we're able to translate all of the material into Arabic as well, which 
um, we're already getting, you know, people are requesting um, the materials in very in, in all of the languages now, which is really exciting, and people are able to interact with it in a language that they feel comfortable with, which is super important. Agreed. That that absolutely is important, and it's great. You know, it has been great to see the success and the interest um, across these target audiences. Um, and I know, you know, as you both mentioned, you kind of have small staff, but what also kind of came through with this project is how many of your community members in general are just really excited about this and have stepped up and said, how can we help? Um, you've been able to leverage some a volunteer network on top of your, your paid street teams that I think has been really impressive to see. Yeah, and I think that that's is one thing that's really great is because we have the, you know, the climate action team folks, the people who belong to Sierra Club or other other you know groups who are very concerned about climate change and and they want they've wanted to play a role they've wanted to do a lot of work and so we're able to harness their energy really um, to uh, help us get the word out you know it's funny when we put together our first survey we you know our climate activist community was really like well this is too easy this you know this is yeah, like the basics we don't it's too easy what do you need so but we were able to explain to them that everybody isn't them and right. we need we need that we need we could use their help to uh, ring you know because it's really this first survey is about educating the public about climate change and impacts and so they they've uh, actually they've been great you know they're volunteering to go out and do neighborhood meetings as, as we created the meeting you know with your help cam we created the meetings in a box and the toolkits and and so the public is really running with that and they're setting up their own neighborhood meetings um they volunteer the west end we have a west end neighborhood group that's reached out to all the other neighborhood groups in Portland and volunteered to go and and do a One Climate Future meeting for every other neighborhood group, which is fantastic. And, awesome. and a, a local business just did a One Climate Future project for the public, their customers, and the University of Southern Maine is going to do an event. So people are just grabbing onto the resources and, and being really great with them. Well, and, 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 and that brings up the surveys. Um, we had the same experience with we, me sitting down with our group of activist uh, folks, and, and they were they were like, this is the survey? And so we explained um, that I really love about this process is that there's going to be three surveys, and the one captures where people are at, where they're at with their actions and where they're at with their concern um, and what they're thinking about climate change. And then using that, the responses that you get um, in in terms of where people are at and saying adopting a particular behavior the second survey is going to be around um, what are the barriers that are preventing them from moving forward with um, you know uh, transition to renewable energy better energy efficiency um, and and those types of things and then the third survey will be okay here are the here are the strategies that we're thinking about that have come to the top of our list we want we want to hear feedback from you on um, what you think about them and how you might prioritize them. Um, and so it's really bringing the community along in a way where they can have direct input, which is fantastic. You know, Troy and I have always said we could get in a room for, you know, an afternoon and write our climate action and adaptation plan, probably, and it would be pretty good. But the key piece to all of this is making sure that everybody feels like it's their plan, their city's plan. Yep. Yeah, that is so important. I think, too, especially with this conversation we're having where we're about a third of the way through the project, the commitment from both cities has been so great. 
bringing in the public to the conversation, helping bring everybody to start at the same level, which I think, you know, the concerns we heard from your environmentalist group who's already here recognizing, hey, we all have to be brought up to that same level so we can all move forward together. So, you know, when we're thinking about having another call, another podcast, say next year, you know, but I'm excited to see where we end up, right? So how, what does this look like? What is on the horizon here coming up for this planning process and your collaboration? And have you been thinking about what it will look on the other side when it's time to do implementation? So, yeah, so both Julie and I have you know, talked about this a lot. We really see this as our work plan for the, the you know, for the next 10 or 15 years. We want, you know, our goal really is to have actionable items um, that we can, you know, build, build budgets around, build priorities um, in city government around, um, and really, and, we're, you know, we're developing data, we're doing, you know, updating greenhouse gas inventory so we can create metrics and, uh, you know, how do we, you know, we'll work to implement measures and we'll see how we're doing against our benchmarks and, and uh, you know, hopefully we can convince you know, our goal is to convince you know, the elected officials and the administration that it's important to uh, to implement the measures to uh, to meet the goals and you know reduce emissions and move on to green energy and they have a have a green economy. I'm looking forward to having a multi-year budget. <laughs> As still a relatively new office, I'm like, well, I, I'm going to do my uh, capital improvement items one year by one year because I don't really know exactly what's coming up. But I promise you that by year five, I'll start to have a multi-year budget coming forward. Um, but I think also the thing that excites me is that um, really we've we've laid out a vision, and the vision is is near climate neutrality by 2050. And that is um, hopefully really energizing to people. And I think the action items will be by an interim date will walk us towards that in a really practical mm -hmm. way. And so um, that will feel really good to have. And I mean, I don't think I mean I don't think we can kid ourselves. It won't be easy. It's like the you know our elected officials are on board and they 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 understand the um, you know they're, they understand the importance of climate action and setting goals. Um, well, the rubber will meet the road when it becomes time to allocate resources because there's so many competing priorities um, just on a day-to-day -day basis in city government. And there's you know schools and and public assistance and and, and roads and infrastructure. There's any many there's so many things that need to be funded, and uh, it will just be important that we you know keep climate action and and mitigation at the front at the forefront of that conversation and have an important you know, and have an important voice um, as we allocate those public resources moving forward. Yeah, and I think too, the extensive work that you've been doing to bring in partners, stakeholders, non-traditional audiences to really get everybody owning this plan, one of those benefits is that you should have a number of actions that aren't gonna necessarily be implemented directly by either of the cities. Right. but by outside organizations that you all can then support in some fashion. And so it really becomes community, both of your communities really working together on implementation and, and the design of this planning process, I think has accommodated that. And, and hopefully that will continue through implementation as, as it's designed. 
Sure. And one thing that we're really excited about is um, at the state level, uh, we have a new governor in office and climate action is a priority, is one of her priorities. And so, you know, we've met with people from her office already, um, you know, because we're a little bit we're a little bit ahead of the state in terms of climate action planning. And so um, there the state is really, you know, the governor's office is, is interested in what we're working on and we're pleased to have a partner to collaborate with. Um, you know, again, it's bigger than issues much bigger than just Portland and South Portland. So we're really excited that the state will be a state government will be a partner working on these issues moving forward too. Awesome. Well, this has been a really great conversation. I think, you know, you guys are certainly leaders in Maine, but it's way beyond Maine. This partnership and where it's heading, I think is, is going to continue to become a, and be a good model uh, for the whole country on how to really tackle climate action. Um, you know, most of the cities in this country are about the size of your cities or smaller. Uh, you know, there's not that many that are bigger when you really look at it. So it's great to see some smaller communities really taking leadership and showing how it can be done. So thank you both for your great work. And we'll look forward to following up with you uh, in about nine to 12 months. <laughs> Sounds good. Great. Thanks, Kim. Thank you both so much. Thank you for joining this episode of SAS Talk with Kim. You can listen to other podcasts in our sustainability action series at sastalkwithkim.com. Remember that action is the key to your community's sustainable future. What will you act on today?